I am a firm believer, and people can disagree with this, but I'm a firm believer that God has equipped us to be very capable. And I'm going to show you in a minute why listening to other people's negativity about you is something you just need to throw away right now, set off to the side. Because we all listen to someone else. We all do. But the question is, is that someone else, somebody on earth, who's decided what they think you're capable of? Or are we listening to the one who created us? So we're going to actually do what Stephen Covey says, and we're going to begin in the beginning. And we're going to open up our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, uh, and we're going to read verses 26 through 31 first. And, this, and, and so we're going to look at what God says about us, but then we're going to shift gears and see at, since the beginning of time, somebody else spoke a different truth, which was a lie. <laughs> somebody else spoke a lie into humanity, and humanity believed it. And so um, before I read this, I just want to share this with you. If you take nothing else away from today's Bible study live, I, I would pray and hope you take this away. God says you're capable, and anything else that anyone else says, including you, Anything that says you're not capable, you're not worthy, you're not good enough, anyone speaking that into your life, including the little voice in your head, those are lies. And I'm going to show you that in just a second. But first, let's start with what God says about you. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. And I am reading from the message translation this morning. NLT, NIV, ESV, New King James, they're all good translations, all right? I love the way the message words this because it's, it's just written like a beautiful poetry. So here we go, starting with verse 26. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created the male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Then God said, I've given you every, given you every sort of seed-bearing plant on earth and every kind of fruit-bearing tree, given them to you for food. To all the animals and birds, everything that moves and breathes, I give whatever grows out of the ground for food. And there it was. God looked over everything he had made. It was so good. So very good. It was evening. It was morning. Day six. All right, let's pause right there. There are a couple of things that I really want to draw your attention to that stand out to me that I hope jumped out at you. First are these words that God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, birds in the air, and the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. From the moment God created you, my friend, you, and all your lineage to the beginning of time, from the moment God created humanity, and this includes me and you, God said, let's make human beings in our image. Now, what is God? When you think of God, what is God's image? What does God do? Well, God creates. God is able to overcome anything, any obstacle. God is able to love even the most difficult of us, even at the worst times in our life. God forgives even when we don't deserve it. 
He shows grace. He shows mercy. God is the picture of perfection. God is the picture of perfect love. And God, God doesn't care what other people say about God. Like he doesn't let it get him down. It doesn't, he doesn't second guess like, well, maybe I'm not as great as, as I think I am. No, God doesn't do any of that. And you, my friend, you and I, God said, hey, I'm going to make you in my image. You're going to be an image of me, a spitting image of who I am. Which means we are capable of creating. Do you know we're able to, like, a lot of people just, it's so easy to overlook this, but God created life. And then God created us and gave us the ability to create life. We can make babies, like, literally make human beings from our bodies. God gave us the ability to do that. But for some reason, we doubt ourselves because somebody on social media says, your voice is stupid, your hair is bad. You're chunky. You're skinny. You're ugly. Don't like your accent. The God of the universe empowered us to create life. And God believed in you and me and humanity so much that he said, I'm going to make you responsible for this entire planet. Take care of it. He put us in charge of that. Would you put somebody in charge of stuff if they were some loser, incapable, not good, you wouldn't do that, and neither would God. So the first thing I want you to grasp today is that you are more than enough. God created you to be more than enough. More than enough. There's nothing in front of you that you're incapable of making it through because you're made in God's image. Now, it would be great if the story ended there, but the problem is it doesn't. It doesn't end there. See, before I move to this next part, I, wanna, I want you to hang on these words, okay? I want you to hang on these words. When God finished creating humanity, he said it was very good. Now, every day, God creates like, oh, this is good, this is good, this is good. When God created people in his image, he said, very good, very good. And then... He took a rest of the seventh day. So God created humanity, looked at what he had created, and said, Daddy likey, very good, very good. This is a good creation. See, God saved the best for last. You, you and me, humanity, he saved us for last. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk you through this here on what happens next, because it's important. And then we're going to circle back to why it really doesn't matter. What's coming next doesn't, okay? So we're going to jump to Genesis chapter 2. Seventh day finishes working and rested, and here come Adam and Eve, right? And God, you guys know the story, right? All this stuff, Garden of Eden. He says you can eat from any tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that. The moment you eat from the tree, you're dead. Now, obviously, God didn't mean you're going to fall over dead in that moment. He meant you're living eternally in this beautiful garden with God. Eternal life in the human form will come to an end if you eat from this tree. And then God says to Adam, God says, hey, you know what? It's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make him a companion, a helper. So God does what? He forms Eve, right? So he puts Adam in his sleep, forms Eve. Adam sees Eve. Now, this is going to be important in what we're digging into today, okay? So check this out. 
Adam sees Eve and says, finally, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, call her woman because she's made from man. So Adam names woman man, or man woman rather. Uh, Adam names Eve woman. Good golly. You'd think I was not awake this morning. So Adam, who was in charge of naming everything, right, all, all the mammals and, cre- you know, created beings, right, he, he says, boom, woman, just like me. And it says, what? Therefore, a man leaves his father and mother, embraces his wife, because they become one flesh. I want you to hang on that, one flesh. So God gave him the perfect partner for his life. Two are one now, which means everything he does, it's him and her. Everything she does, it's her and him. They are together. They were naked. They felt no shame. Now, the plot thickens. So let's just recap the story. God created humanity. said, you were created in my image. God-like. Like God, right? That's what God-like means, to be like God. Well, how are we like God? Well, we can create life. We can end life. Bad choice, but it's possible. Uh, we're, we're to be in charge of the planet, right? So we have the ability to do great things like God does great things. He created humanity godlike. But here comes the crazy deal. After creating this godlike, he also created a companion. God wasn't alone. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? He said, let us create human beings in our likeness. God wasn't alone. And God didn't want Adam to be alone. So he gave him Eve. Now we have Adam and Eve. Now there's this perfect union. Two become one. You ever, oh, interesting. Holy Trinity, right? Three as one. Interesting, like God, right? Not quite, because there's two in humanity, but similar. God made us God-like, like God, similar to God. Now, the story, though, now takes a turn in Genesis 3, because the serpent was more clever than any wild animal God had made. He spoke to the woman, do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? Pause. Right here in the story, the serpent starts by twisting the truth. Just a little. What does he say? Did I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? Now, he tried to s- slip it in there like, oh, yeah, you're not allowed to eat out of this garden. And, of course, what does Eve do? Rather than going, whoa, 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 don't even come at me with those lies. What does she say? She goes, hey, not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle that God said, don't eat from it, don't even touch it, or you'll die. So what we know here is that Adam said to Eve what God told him. Hey, don't, don't eat from that one or you're dead, right? Don't do it. But the snake tells her, you won't die. Now, immediately, we've got a conflict here. Because God's, God said, you will die. God, who created the two of them, said, if you eat that, you're gonna, death will come to you. But here's this stranger lizard, danger lizard, this danger noodle that comes slithering into the garden. Well, apparently he had legs, actually, at that time. And perhaps was even walking upright, but serpent maybe being metaphoric who knows could have been lucifer in the flesh but either way the serpent the slithery slimy one he tells a different story to her than god he says you won't die he says god knows that the moment you eat from that tree you'll see what's really going on you'll be just like god knowing everything ranging all the way from good to evil now stop right here This is one of the most interesting moments in all of scripture to me. And I want to share with you why. Because God created them God-like. He already created them like God. But when Eve tells the truth, hey, God says, if we eat from this, we're going to die. Death is going to come to us. The snake says, no, 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 no. 
God knows that when you eat this, the moment that you eat it, you'll know what's really going on, and what, and and then you'll be just like God. But didn't God just say that they were like Him already? See, Eve already knew the truth about who she was. Adam already knew the truth about who he was. God had already told him, I made you like me. You're beautiful and wonderfully made. But the devil said, no, you're not. You're not. You're not like God. But you do that thing God told you not to do, then you'll be like him. Then you'll know everything, all the way from good to evil. But here's the problem. They already knew right from wrong. They already knew because they knew eating that was wrong. They knew. See, it's crazy because God tells you you've got every single thing you need to have an enjoyable life. You have everything you need to live in harmony with one another and with me. But for some reason, we make the choice not to believe God. And we make the choice to believe what the enemy wants us to believe. And that's what happened with Adam and Eve in that moment, right? God had given them the truth. You're like me. You're, I've given you the ability to populate the earth. You're great. Go get them, tiger. And in comes this slithery guy who starts by just, just twisting the truth a little, just a little. Hey, maybe you're not cut out for this, right? Have you ever felt like that? Or just a little tweak on the truth has affected you so much. Or somebody has maybe said something about you that it's like they told a partial truth, right? Part of something that happened in your life, but not the whole thing. So people don't have the whole context. And then you feel like you got to go justify everything because you're just like frustrated. Have you ever felt like that? I know I have. And that's exactly what the devil was playing on here, what the serpent was playing on here. He was playing on the fact that if I can just start with something that sounds sort of like what God said, then I can get him sidetracked. And it worked because the conversation continued, right? So let's go on. It says, when the woman, saw, so we know he lies, says you'll know everything ranging from good to evil, even though they already knew what was good and evil, what was right and wrong. But it says, when the woman saw that the tree looked like good eating and realized what she'd get out of it. She'd know everything. She took and ate the fruit and gave some to her husband and he ate. Now, before we read the next line, I want to say this. What does it say, buddy? She realized what she'd get out of it, that she would know everything. It's funny how We've got so much. We've got a brain with the capacity to learn so much, to do so much. But so often, we are not satisfied with that. We're, we're like, we feel like, no, 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 there's, this isn't enough. I need more. I need more. It reminds me of there was this boat I saw years ago, and it said, almost satisfied. And it was this beautiful yacht. And I'm like, almost like how are you not satisfied with that now i don't mean don't strive for your fullest potential i don't mean things like that but oftentimes we take our lives for granted we look at we've got so many good things around us that we should be grateful for and we go it's not enough i'm not satisfied but let's continue the story so 
It says, when the woman saw it, looked at, she realized what she was going to get. She'd know everything. She took any of the fruit, gave to her husband, and he immediately, the two of them, did see what's really going on. They saw themselves naked. They sewed fig leaves together as makeshift clothes for themselves. Now, notice the immediate transition. A moment ago, they were naked, and they felt no shame. Why? Because shame didn't exist. Why? Because God did not create humanity to feel shame. But when we go against God, all of a sudden these feelings happen that we were never designed to feel, right? Our bodies have emotions, but do you know that from the beginning of time, humanity wasn't created to feel shame or hatred or disgust or anger. We weren't, we weren't designed for that. That's part of all the things that came after Adam and Eve went against God. When they went against what he told them, then all these things happen, right? God said, here, I'm going to give you a perfect life where you're never going to feel any of this hurt and the sadness and this pain and this suffering, which is why in the end of the story, there's no more tears, no more sadness, no more suffering. But in the beginning, there was none either. And then when Adam and Eve just couldn't enjoy the beautiful life that God gave them, they chose not to accept God's truth for their life which is the ultimate truth. They chose not to accept that ultimate truth. What happens? Now they start th seeing things through a different lens, not God's eyes, right? They were created to be God-like, but now they were looking through different eyes. Now they were looking through broken eyes. Now they were looking through the eyes of the fallen, fallen angel who was cast to earth and his sin-filled eyes. Now humanity was going to see humanity through those eyes and see the flaws and the faults. And the first thing they realized was, they were naked. And so immediately they made clothes for themselves. Have you ever looked at your body? Have you ever looked at your body and said, I don't like my body? You ever looked at your body and felt shame? You ever looked at your body and said, oh, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, oh, I've got this weird mole. You ever look at yourself and go, ugh, I don't like what I see in the mirror? You're never designed to feel that way. Now, this is not me saying you should eat a million cheeseburgers and be fat and sloppy and unhealthy because our body is supposed to be something we take care of. I let mine get out of control for so many years and now I'm working on healthily bringing that back because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's spirit does reside in me and it God deserves for me to take care of and be a steward of what he's given me. And you should too. But what I'm saying is, you shouldn't look in the mirror and go, I hate what I see. I hate who I am. Because God looks at you and says, I love you. I love who you are. God wants you to be the best version of yourself, the one he created you to be, which ultimately does mean healthy too, right? Like we, we need to be healthy. But the crazy part is at the beginning of the story, the first thing that humanity notices is their lack of clothing. And they go, I've got to cover up. I've got to hide myself. I've got to hide what God has given me. So immediately, the thing that they didn't feel, shame, right? Because they were naked and they felt no shame. There's, it's always important to realize when, when the authors of Scripture write something down, there's a reason. And so when we saw Adam and Eve being created and it said they were naked and they felt no shame, it's very important that we recognized that they felt no shame part because now, why would they cover themselves up? Well, because they were ashamed of being naked. They sewed fig leaves together, made makeshift clothes for one another. When they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden, hid from God. And God called to the man, where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. 
And God said, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you gave me as a companion, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate it. We're going to just pause right there because here's the deal. Two became one. Two became one. Adam's here throwing the blame game, not just at Eve, though. He's also blaming God. He says, the woman you gave me, right? Oh, 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 wait. The woman who gave him? Oh, God. So now, not only did Adam and Eve ignore God, now the first thing they do when things don't go perfectly is they blame the person who gave them perfection. Now, why am I sharing this with you guys this morning? Because I want you, I want you to consider your life and, and, and as I consider mine. And I want to encourage you to go back to Genesis 2. To go back to Genesis 2. And instead, see right now we're living life. We're living life. All of us. We live on this earth. And we're living life. We're living life in the aftermath of knowing good and evil. Be, being able to really see what's going on. We live in, in a world and we live life where we have shame and, and disgust and anger and, and sadness and all these things that we were never created to have. Humanity was never designed to experience pain and suffering, but we live in a broken world, right? But when we look at ourselves and we choose, we choose if you're watching this live or after the fact, when you watch it, if you, I want you to say this, I choose. Say it. You might, you might be, feel like a weirdo right now. Just say, I choose. My spidey senses are tingling. Not all of you said that. Say, I choose. Here's why it's important. Because Adam and Eve chose. God told them the truth. You are created in my image. You are created God-like. You are created in my image. Friends, you are created in God's image. You are like God. You're not a, you're not God. You're not a God. You are like God. God created you in his likeness. In his likeness. God is perfect. God is good. God is loving. God is gracious. God is merciful. God is capable. Nothing can stop God, right? The scriptures say, if God is with us, who can be against us? And that is your God who you are created after. But we are choosing to live in a life a Genesis 3 life. We're choosing to live in a Genesis 3 belief system that we aren't good enough, we aren't capable enough, that somebody else can say, you're fat, you're stupid, you're slow, you're not smart, you're not capable, and we start to buy into that. But we are good enough. We are capable. We are created in the image of God. The question is, what will I choose to believe? Now, you can choose to believe that you are the person post-Genesis 3. You can choose to believe the lies that the serpent told in the garden. That in order to be like God, you have to go out and experience all these things. You have to, you have to go out and, and break the rules. But God doesn't break the rules. God makes the rules. And the rules are not hard. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was asked what the most important command was, he dumbed it down to the easiest thing that every single person, every single person could do. He said the first and most important is to love God with everything you got. The second is to love your neighbors yourself. All the law and the prophets hang from these two things. 
So how do we love God? We, we listen and we believe God and what he says. And God says, you're good. You're like God. You can create. You can love. You can heal. You can redeem. You can forgive. You can cast out demons. You can lay hands on someone and heal them with prayer because God listens to a praying person. See, God says you're capable of all of that and so much more. But what will I choose to believe about me? Will I choose to believe what God says about me? Or will I choose to believe what the enemy says about me? Will I choose to believe that the God of the universe genuinely loves me and created me to be in his image and capable of so many things and that he is for me, not against me? Or will I choose to believe the lies of God's enemy that says you're not enough? My wife and I were talking about this the other day, not this particularly, but something that perfectly pertains to this. And that is um, talking about identifying things, right? Like uh, when people say, I have anxiety, you know, I have bad anxiety. I have bad depression. Well, those are real things that real people feel. But here's the thing I want you to grab hold of today. God didn't put the label on you of someone with depression. That is a feeling that you're experiencing. And it's a horrible one. And some people, man, the enemy hits them harder than ever with depression and suicidal thoughts. But know this, that's not who you are. Those are feelings you experience. Let me say it again. That's not who you are. You are not a person who's bipolar. You are not a person who's depressed. You are not a person who's, who, who has anxiety. That is not a thing you have. That is not a gift given to you from God. That is a feeling you're experiencing because of the world we live in and the brokenness of it. But that's not who you are. The enemy wants you to take those labels on. The enemy wants you to say, I suffer from depression and own it. Don't own that label. The enemy wants you to say, I am bipolar. Don't own that label. The enemy wants you to say, I suffer from anxiety. No, don't own that label. Don't ever take that label on. Don't ever take that label on. When you start feeling those feelings, ah, I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling bipolar. I'm feeling manic depressive. I'm feeling unworthy. It's just, it's, it, I know it's hard. Maybe, maybe have something queued up called your I'm worthy playlist. And maybe it's just scripture. Maybe it's a song reminding you of how great God is and how great he has made you and how loved you are. But it's time for us to stop owning the lies of the enemy and time for us to start taking hold of the promises and the truths of God. Friends, God, you are you, you human being. You are the only thing God created that he said, this is very good. You are the only thing God created that he said, I'm going to create you in my image, like me, just you, just me. There's not another creature on the earth. Even the angels in heaven are not created in God's image. Even the angels in heaven are not created God-like. But the scriptures tell us that humanity is. But like everything, it comes back to whether or not you and I will choose to believe it. I want to encourage you today. Say, I am. I want to encourage you to take these I am statements. I am a child of God. I am created in his image. I am worthy. 
I am loved. I am capable. I am breaking generational curses. I am breaking the bonds of depression in my life. I'm breaking the bonds of anxiety in my life. I am breaking the bonds of, of a failed relationship that I'm hanging on to. I am breaking free from the lies of the enemy and I'm embracing the truth of the God of the universe, the God who created me in his image and loves me. Can I encourage you, friends? Start choosing to believe you are who he says you are. Because that's the truth that you need to believe. God loves you. You're worth it. It's time you believe it. God, I just pray a blessing over everybody who hears this message, Lord, that they would realize that they are so loved by you. May the Lord God who created the universe bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and may his truth about who you are resonate deep in your heart throughout the week. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you guys. Love you. Thanks for tuning in. If this meant something to you, it'd be cool if you share it to make an impact for somebody else too. Uh, if, if you don't share it, that's cool too. Love to hear your comments, feedback. Look, if I can be praying for you, drop me a direct message through, through whatever social media platform you're watching this on. Uh, love to be praying for you. If you live in the United States and you need a Bible because you don't have one, first, if you got technology, download the Bible app. It's amazing. By you version. It's got all the different translations. Uh, but if you need one because you don't, maybe you're watching this at a library at a friend's house whatever somewhere that you don't actually own a phone or have access to uh, the app store um, drop me a message uh, with your name address and phone number my wife and I will order you a Bible on Amazon uh, we'll order you a message or a New Living Translation something that's a good easy reader Bible and we'll have it shipped directly to your home listen no matter where you're at in your journey with God you were just one moment away from walking a little closer with Jesus can I encourage you to make today the day that you choose to step a little closer to him. God bless you guys. I love you. Thanks for watching. And I'll see you tomorrow for Bible Study Live. Ooh.